Darrell Ryder and Andy Baskin will be busy until the Browns head to West Virginia, making sense of the NFL world. Get two new episodes of It's Always Game Day in Cleveland every week at 92throughthefan.com and the Odyssey app brought to you locally by Smiley One Heating and Cooling and Bryant doing whatever it takes. With that out of the way, we want to go out to the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline very promptly here to welcome in our first guest of the night. He is, of course, the sports director at News Channel 5, WEWS, a good friend of the show, John Doss, joining us on the program. What's going on, John? Mercifully, the rain is falling and hopefully cancels the rest of this awful baseball game. Yeah, I saw like, on this, it's one of those rains where you can distinctly see how heavy it's falling on the TV. Like, it is brutal uh, yeah, over just, there at Progressive. Just end the game. Just ended. Yeah, I mean, it, it's beyond the point they can call it, and it's definitely gotten ugly. So I'm with you. That, did you see Adamus is batting again right now? Did you see where his home run landed? Uh, I didn't. It almost rolled all the way to the Halley building where we are doing this show. Like it was, it was literally oh, wow. on the streets of Cleveland. My old parking garage. Ah, uh, that's right. Your old stopping grounds. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> John Doss joining us on the hotline. I want to start, John, uh, with a Cavs-related conversation, just because of obviously what transpired last night. Um, it's been an interesting day, just with the commentary on Imani Bates. Um, some of the trouble that he brings, the baggage that he brings with him. I, it's, it's, it's hard because I understand why people want to talk about him. It's the only tangible Cavs news that we have at the moment, but it's also a second-round pick. You're not expecting that he's going to become a frontline starter for you necessarily. I know there's names of guys that have Draymond Green, Nikola Jokic, who's a, one of the best players, if not the best player in the NBA at the moment anyway. Um, so it can happen, but I don't think that that's the expectation for a guy like Bates right now. My question for you, though, can the Cavs, like, is this uh, something that they can afford to do right now is, like, just deal in, in, in projects? And I understand that's where they were picking, so they, they weren't going to not use it, but there was some talk that maybe they would have got back up into the first round and got in a player who maybe could have done a little bit more for you or offered you a little bit more, and they didn't. So, like, how much can – I just don't know if the Cavs have time to – bringing guys that are going to be projects and take time to sort of develop here. Well, for that reason, you're right. That, and they shouldn't have traded up into the first round either. This is not a yeah. team that um, is searching for young talent to develop. This team is as far away from the NBA draft being impactful um, as really any team. They're in a win-now mode. They have to figure out exactly the right Tetris move that they need to make with this roster because clearly – it was good enough for the regular season and not good enough for the postseason. They have to figure out exactly what move to make that's going to get them over the hump, but no draft pick is going to do that. And you are right. We are all so bored right now. <laughs> we are searching for something to talk about, myself included, and uh, Imani Bates is a great talking point. But you're right. Nobody is expected at, what, the 59th overall pick to ever contribute to an NBA team. The fact that we are giving this as much energy as we are is probably pretty ridiculous given the percentages yeah. of Bates becoming a, an impactful player in the NBA. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right about that. Um, and it's, it's, for that reason, it's been kind of an, an odd conversation to have because you're not normally spending this much time talking about a second-round pick. I mean, I remember when Dylan Windler was drafted and we barely talked about him because we had first-round picks to talk about that night. So 
Um, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's almost as if we knew Dylan Windler would play all the five games for this organization <laughs> in three years. I will say with Bates, though, he's interesting. Yeah. You know, he's, he's interesting. We, most of us that, have, that follow sports heard about the guy four or five years ago. We kind of followed his transition to Memphis, and that didn't go well. And everybody was intrigued when he popped up at Eastern Michigan. And then, of course, he had the, you know, the gun charge. And like, he's an interesting guy. And that's why I said today at 6 o'clock, I said, if nothing else, Imani Bates was the most intriguing player on the board in round two. And, yeah. uh, well, here in the month of June, that's enough for us. Yeah, and I guess really I can't blame the cast for trying to go get a guy that had that has that level of ta- of uh, potential. Like, there was, the, there was the talk about him coming out of high school, who he would sort of become and what he could be. So I, I like the fact that if you're going to take a guy in the second round and, and hope he turns into something, you got a guy who maybe has a ceiling that could be reached at some point. It's just going to take some time. And again, it's going to take some temperament from the team as well. Talking with John Doss here on The Fan, uh, News Channel 5 sports director, of course. It shows you, Spencer, it shows yeah. you just how hard it is to really make it, right? Yeah. You can be ordained as the chosen one at 15. There are so many things that have to go right. A lot of them are within your control. Some of them are not. For you to really pan out and become that guy, I think that, and for that reason, we don't give, I think even to this day, LeBron James, the credit for that, Mm. for that aspect of being the chosen one at 16 and still managing to get it right. It is so hard to do. We even look at a guy locally, Chris Livingston, Right, he was the last pick in the draft last night yeah. in Milwaukee. Chris was a top five, top ten um, uh, guy in his class when he was at Bookdale and Akron. He went to Oak Hill, he went to Kentucky, and here's a guy with probably all the upside in the world, and he goes 58 overall. Right, so even though you're a high projected high school pick, so many things have to go right for you to truly pan out. Well, let's look ahead to what's next now for the Cavs because they didn't do anything last night other than stay pat and make their pick. Uh, Kobe Altman said no wholesale changes this off seasons, but season, but as we know, GMs lie all the time. The Cavs don't have a ton of cards to play in terms of adjusting the roster. So what are you, what do you envision the Cavs do this year? Is there a Jarrett Allen trade in their future? Or is it just going to be sort of use the mid-level exception, get some ans- make some ancillary moves that address needs and, and run it back with most of the same group. It's funny you say that because and Mike Dunleavy's, uh, introductory press conference as the new general manager with the Warriors. What did he say? He said he loved Jordan Poole. Yeah, that's right. Jordan Poole is a part of our future. 14 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> that's how the NBA well, works. And I, I, I will a- say, John, that felt like they, like that felt like it was untenable. Like the, the, with all the stuff oh, that we yeah. got out of that locker room and that nobody really liked Jordan Poole. We, we've talked about this off the air before. Um, like, I feel like him saying that there's no way that, re- that reporters are buying that. Cause they, they all could read the tea leaves on, how that guy just did not fit. Yeah, nobody was happy there. This seems like one of those amicable breakups, which are a fairy tale most of the time. But truly, I can't imagine Jordan Poole wanted to be in the organization. I can't imagine any more of the organization wanting Jordan Poole. But I have this feeling that Kobe Altman is telling the truth. I have this Mm. feeling that they're going into next year with the same team that we saw last year and hoping that that playoff experience did something, right? We, we kept saying last year, and that's at the end of last season, and maybe it was a silver lining. Maybe it was us trying to comfort ourselves that 
maybe this is what this team needed. They needed to get punched in the mouth by the, the, the Knicks and eliminated in the first round to truly reach their potential in the next season. And I'm thinking that Kobe Altman is hoping that that's exactly what happened. I think they're going to go into next year with most, most of the same roster that we see now. Talking with John Doss here in the North Olmsted Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You can follow him on Twitter at John Doss. It's J-O-N Doss on Twitter. Um, don't you dare do that. Do what? You don't want people to follow you. Don't follow me on Twitter. No, just... <laughs> <laughs> I mostly was just trying to spell it so they knew that your name was J-O-N instead of J-O-H-N. It's a big... No, it's a big talking point in our newsroom that even at the age of 36, I am the old curmudgeon when it comes to social media. Yeah, I know that about you. Yeah. you, you I was going to say you're not dabbling in TikTok yet, huh? Uh, no, but I did see a great meme yesterday that said, I don't watch TikTok videos. I wait two weeks and watch them while old on Instagram, <laughs> which is honestly, it's exactly what I do. I feel like that is what happens, though. They get repurposed on Instagram like a couple weeks later. That's 100% right. Um, I, let, let's pivot to the Browns here for a second. I I was kind of trying to do the math on – because I, I, I think there's some distinct division winners here that I don't, I don't even know if I'm putting the Browns in that category. You're talking like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Bengals are the teams that are sort of uh, the, 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 the creme de la creme. And then I think the, the Browns are in this group. It's an interesting group of – six other teams that are all going to be kind of be going for the wild card spot. So it's them, it's the Chargers, the Jets, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Steelers. I, I, I'm trying to sort of figure out where they fit in, in that hierarchy and where they maybe stand with some of those teams. In, in particular, I guess, within the division, I, I'm curious your thoughts on the outlook for the AFC North in particular because every year we say it's the year finally that they get over the Steelers hump and then the Steelers finish above them. Uh, and I'm interested with the Ravens because I actually think if there's a team in this division that takes a step back, it's, it's the Ravens with the new offensive coordinator, trying some different things with Lamar Jackson. What say you on the outlook for the AFC North? You don't believe in the Ravens uh, paying an old wide receiver with no knees, $15 million. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of it too. I think, that, I think your struggle is, is the struggle for the rest of us. I don't think I've ever remember a time where a conference was as strong as the AFC is for one. And even if you look at this division, you say, well, obviously it's the strongest division of football. I don't know that that's true either, right? You look at the AFC East and, and that's an incredible division. And um, I think you're right. We're all struggling to figure out exactly where the Browns shake down on paper. I mean, what we've been saying this the last three or four years on paper, there is talented is any team in football. I like the additions that they've made. I, I think I like the new additions that they have made this offseason more than I have liked most of them under Andrew Barry and even dating back to Dorsey. Uh, but you know as well as I know, everything hinges on one player. Yeah. If Deshaun Watson is an MVP caliber quarterback like we saw, <laughs> I mean, we almost can't even remember it, right? It was so long ago. If he's that type of player... The Browns have the opportunity not just to win the division, but to challenge in the AFC because they are that talented if he's that good of a player. If he's not, if we see something in between that and and what we saw last year, maybe they can contend, but he has to be better than the six-game sample size we saw last year, or they're going to be at the bottom of the division looking up again. You doing anything at the Greenbrier for your training camp coverage this year? I am not. We are sending Cameron Justice. We'll be there for a few days. Uh, I've gone back and forth on this, by the way, and I'm curious your take. 
you know, they released the, the open practice dates in Berea uh, yesterday, I think, and it's eight, and it's gone down steadily yeah, yeah. every year. And We've I think that, that that sucks for fans. I think that obviously Browns fans would like to be at as many practices as they can. That said, when I got to Cleveland, it was weird to me that training camp was here, was at the practice facility in Berea. You know, I was used yeah. to covering Bill's training camps at St. John Fisher, and I covered a couple of Raiders training camps to Napa. And it seemed like that was kind of the purpose of camp, was get the guys out of the city, get them away from home, get them in bunks. And it's kind of a, a bonding experience as much as it is a learning experience. And in that sense, I hope that that helps this team. Right. I think chemistry is something that maybe they've struggled with over the last few years. And I'm hopeful that getting them away, getting them somewhere else gives them that opportunity. Yeah, you bring up the less uh, open practices. I think I kind of related that to our, our our time when we were both covering the Bills because there was the talk every year of whether or not they were going to go back to St. John Fisher College or not. I, I just think this is kind of par for the course. It's just going to get less and less every year. There might be like a ticketed one that you, you the money goes to charity. I've heard some teams do that for like one practice a year. I don't know. But uh, you mentioned, like, the chemistry thing. Do we buy into that too much, though? Like, does it actually help with, like, team bonding, or is that just kind of overblown and we like the the idea of that and we think it's all sort of cutesy before the season starts, but maybe it doesn't really do a, have the effect that we think? Well, we know that everybody who wins has chemistry, right? But is it the chicken or the egg? Does winning help chemistry more, or do you win because you have great chemistry? I, I or do think you win because you took a trip to the Greenbrier, basically? <laughs> exactly. Well, it depends on how much golf you got to play. I do think it's a it's a fairy tale to think that there's going to be chemistry between 53 grown men in a locker room. Yeah. 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 I'm not like I'm not overthinking that. Okay. I do think it's important to have outspoken leadership, and this is something that we talk about every year. There's not a ton of outspoken leadership on this team. Nick Chubb leads by example. Miles Garrett leads by example. Denzel Ward leads by example. They haven't had a ton of outspoken guys to lead the locker room. And when you start losing, I think that hurts you. And I'm hopeful that some of the guys they brought in, Cam Justice again, did a story last week on this back and forth between Juan Thornhill and Marquise Goodwin at practice and how they're jawing at each other and how it's a great energy. And, and again, it's summer. They haven't played any games yet. But I think stuff like that is helpful. Give me veterans that talk. Give me veterans that can motivate as well as lead by example. He's John Doss, sports director, News Channel 5, WEWS. I'll I'll leave his Twitter handle a mystery. If you want to find him, you're going to find it yourself. (laughs) Appreciate you, John, as always, my friend. All right, Spence. Talk to you soon, buddy. No doubt. Take it easy. Good stuff from John Doss. Let's take a quick break. We'll get you an update on the Guardians game. They're on the board. At least they're on the board. We got the fan focus on the other side. Keep it locked. It's Spencer German here on The Fan.